That is the ugliest Christmas sweater I have ever seen. <laughs> this morning as I was getting dressed, I anticipated, or I was thinking about whether I should wear my ugly sweater, and I chose not to, but he, he would have showed me up anyway. Um, I don't anticipate crying during the message, but just in case, I brought those up. Usually I cry while I'm preaching, I don't know why. Just thinking about that, I was sitting there thinking, oh good, this Sunday I I'm I'm probably won't cry, and then that made, brought tears to my eyes. So, uh, um, I'm Peter Leffelbein, as Blake already said. I've been, Mary and I have been attending this church since somewhere in 1984. Uh, so we've been here for quite a while. We've uh, done a lot of stuff, and uh, and here I am today. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, we're beginning a new series, Christmas series, this Sunday called Do You See What I See? Together we are going to be exploring the Christmas story from the perspectives of different characters in the Bible. And Blake gave me the opportunity to, uh, to preach about the, or to look at the, the shepherds. We'll be reading from a very familiar passage, it's Luke chapter 2, and take a fresh approach to its message and we're going to consider how to apply it to our lives. I think the lights have changed since the last time I was here. This is really bright up here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, first let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this season, Lord. Uh Uh-oh, here comes the tears. (laughs) That's weird. I was just going to say how beautiful the trees are. We thank you that you came to, to save us, Lord. You came specifically to save us from our sin, and we just thank you for that. And we just pray, God, that you would help us see this, this very familiar story we've heard every Christmas for all of our lives, Lord. But we want to take a fresh look and see if there's something new we can, we can uh, learn or maybe a different approach to, to how to apply it to our lives. We just thank you for this time. Thank you for these folks here this morning. Thank you for the people online that are watching, and we just pray this all in Jesus' name. So, uh, if you're not there already, I don't know, do we have the Luke? Yeah, okay, Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause a great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be given a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, on whom his favor rests. So as I said already, this week we're going to be looking at the shepherds. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at Mary and the Magi. And on Christmas Eve, we'll be looking at the story from heaven's perspective. One of the best things about Christmas is the toys, right? I mean, as a child, remember the, the best thing we were anticipating was the toys. Uh, let me tell you about some of the hottest toys in the level buying world. Um, we have 11 grandchildren. And so Mary sends to the kids and says, you know, says to their parents, have them write a list for us. And so here is a list that's not limited to the following, but includes the following. 
Pokemon controller. Don't know what that is. <laughs> Zelda Skyward Sword. Again, I do not know what that is. Nerf Gun. Dragon Sky Blaze Dart Bow. That sounds pretty complicated, but I don't know what that is either. <laughs> yeah, s- seven grandsons and four granddaughters. So a lot of this is weapons. Uh, plasma ball, Minecraft Legos, Dojo Master Sword. That sounds fun. Uh, Harry Potter Legos, Mandalorian Legos, Fidget Toys. That was probably Molly. Real Toy Set, Roller Skates, Fitbit Watch, Master Sword and Shield. Highland Shield Set with Traveler's Bow and Arrow. That sounds fun. And then the Legos Mario Starter Course. As a kid, there was one toy that I wanted very, very much. And we have a video to show you. This is from Would that be fun or what? Oh my goodness. The truth is that uh, I think every kid in my neighborhood wanted one. Not a single kid in my neighborhood got one. (laughs) I'm sure my mom said, you're going to shoot your eye out with that thing. Uh, Let's see. One of the most popular, all-time popular toys of Christmas, in fact, is Toys in the Toy Hall of Fame. And yes, there is a Toy Hall of Fame. It's somewhere back in the Midwest. Um, You should look it up. Some of those things, uh, I think it was in 1998, the stick made it into the Toy Hall of Fame. It's just a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The ball. Uh, One that surprised me was a blanket. It's also in the Toy Hall of Fame. Anyway, this is uh, one of the most popular toys of all time. The Viewmaster. Remember that, yeah. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Viewmaster, it it had pictures shot from two different angles or two different cameras, and so it gave you a 3D view of whatever you were looking at. Um, you You could view anything you wanted as long as it was on your disc. Today we're going to use the Viewmaster as a metaphor. We all have a view perspective of life. It just depends on what filter we use to look through. We basically have two disks. There's the past and there's the present. Both greatly dictate our view of the future. And here's why this is important. How you view life drives how you do life. If we, have, we all have a filter that we use for life, just like this toy. For some of us, it's the past and a relationship, a situation or a circumstance, and that filter colors everything we see in our present life. We look at our relationships, 
our jobs, our family, our friendships. We see everything through the lens of our past and its failures and problems. But what does this have to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. At Christmas, our Heavenly Father gave us a new way to view life. Our Heavenly Father gave us a new way to view Him. This can change how we view life. How we view life drives how we do life. As I've already said, next week we're going to look at Luke 1 and the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Today, we're looking at Luke 2. We're going to look at a group of people and how their view of life and God changed when they came in contact with the God of the Christmas story. When this happened, they saw God with fresh eyes. What happened to them can happen to us. It's the beauty of Christmas. What's interesting about this group is as far as we can tell, they aren't very religious. There's no religious affiliation. Up to this point, this group has no connection with the Christmas story. We don't know that they had met or heard about what was going to happen in Bethlehem. They aren't religious. They aren't in a temple. They're not even aware of what's going on. They're at work doing what they always do, taking care of the sheep. They are shepherds. Um, just a few things to think about as, about shepherds as we, as we look at this story. Shepherding was a 24-7 job. And shepherding was a job to do, probably because of that 24-7 thing. Um, shepherding was a stinky job sheep I don't know if you know this or not but sheep stink I don't know it personally I've never actually been close to a sheep but we've been watching a lot of shows about um, Great Britain and uh, Scotland and Ireland and stuff and uh, the shepherds that's one thing they all say is the sheep stink when I was working for my parents at their small cafe, there was a customer that we had who had a, a, a business that was similar in that it was one job that no one else wanted to do, and he was, he was a septic tank cleaner. And he, one of the complaints he had when he came into the, <laughs> to the cafe off frequently was that he couldn't keep help. <laughs> and you can understand why that would be true. One of the most important parts of a shepherd job is to be watchful. And remember, God uses shepherds. He used shepherds. Abraham was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. And Jesus called himself the good shepherd. So let's keep that in mind. I mean, we can tend to look down on the shepherding job, but we need to keep that in mind as we think about them. In all likelihood, they're sitting around a campfire at night, and when you sit around a campfire, you talk about life. In this moment, they're looking at life through the look-at filter. They're looking at their work. They're looking out for predators. They're looking at life at home, probably talking about normal, everyday circumstances of life until everything... They're given a completely different way to view life, and not only does that change them, what happened to them eventually flowed to us. Here's what happens. Happened. Um... Before we, before we go and look at the story again, I want to set the stage. I want to remind us in the 21st century of how dark darkness is. These guys were out away from town, no street lights, no car headlights, no porch lights, no light of any kind. And in my own life, I've always wanted to see the Milky Way. 
look up and see the Milky Way. And I, no, I haven't to this day, I haven't, that hasn't happened yet. One night on a family trip over White Pass with all the kids in the car, my wife and Mary sitting beside me, we, uh, we got to the, just before the summit of White Pass, I don't know if, how you guys have driven over that pass, there's, there's a lake called Dog Lake. Well, I stopped right there on a white spot on the road and I turned off all the lights because I wanted to see the sky and I wanted to see the stars and the Milky Way. It was a clear night. <laughs> and uh, I have to confess right now that my st- hearing still hasn't recovered from all the screaming in the car of, Dad, turn the lights back on! It was so dark. It was so dark. And that's, I just want to set the stage for thinking about these shepherds being out there in the fields at night. It was so dark. And all of a sudden the angels appeared and their glory shone around them. So we're going to read that passage again. <clears throat> and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. In this instance, the shepherds went from looking at to looking up. God intervened and gave them a new place to view life and him. And this happened after 400 years of silence. God had not been speaking to the people of Israel. And then all of a sudden, after 400 years, he shows up with a whole angel chorus and and speaks to these shepherds. I wonder how many of us spent more time this year, last year looking at instead of looking up. I know I'm one. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that we should deny reality. I'm saying we don't have to let reality define us. Look up and let God define who I am, who you are. Let God define your circumstances. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to, to whom his favor rests. When you view life through this filter, something powerful happens. It's awe, not awe as in, oh, how cute that puppy is. Aw, how cute that kitten is. But awe as in glory to God in the highest. So let me ask you some questions. Which is bigger in your life right now? Is it God or your circumstances? When you look up consistently, God takes his rightful place and so do your circumstances. Let me show you what this looks like. Let me give you an idea of what the shepherds might have looked like, not physically, but their expressions as they were greeted by one angel and then an entire heavenly host. Has anyone ever heard of Andre the Giant? Yeah? You're familiar with him? Many people remember Andre the Giant for his role in the movie The Princess Bride. But before that, I'm thinking that right now there's probably most of you are going to go home and watch The Princess Bride. (laughs) We might. Um, Anyway, sorry. Not in the notes. Uh, Before that, Andre the Giant was a very popular professional wrestler. 
As his name implies, he was a giant. He was reportedly seven feet, four inches tall and weighed approximately 300 pounds. How would you like to meet Andre in the, in the wrestling ring? <laughs> no, thank you. I, I'm not sure I would like to meet him at all <laughs> because he sounds like a scary dude. Everywhere he went, people stopped and looked up in amazement. That wasn't unusual. They had never seen anyone this big before, but there was one time where this interaction was captured by a photographer, and I think it illustrates the reaction of the shepherds that night. One day, as Andre the Giant was walking through an airport, a little boy came up to him. This little boy had never seen anyone like this big before. As he walked up to Andre, they both stopped. Andre looked down, and the little boy looked up. It was an amazing scene. Fortunately for us, the photographer was there to capture the moment, and here it is. Not that one. That's all you have. Well, there you go. There was supposed to be a picture of Andre the Giant looking down on a little boy, and the little boy is looking up. And the contrast, (laughs) it's seven foot four and about, I don't know, two foot one. And uh, it was amazing. He was just like, couldn't believe what he was seeing. It's a look of awe. In one moment, this little boy was just at an airport, but suddenly his whole perspective changes because he looks up. What I'm encouraging all of us to do this Christmas around, look up, and see the glory of God. For some of us, this year has been the year to look up. You were baptized, or you came back to church, or you got back into relationships here. One of the best things about this, the photo that we didn't see isn't just the little boy's expression, it's Andre's. Don't forget, Andre the Giant probably had this happen to him every single day of his life. It would be very easy to get tired of it. Plus, Andre was on his way to catch a plane. He didn't have time to interact with this little boy. That's why I love his expression. As a little boy, which you didn't see, but you can imagine, as a little boy looked up, Andre looked down. And I believe this look on his face reflects the look on our Heavenly Father's face when he looks down upon us. This smile is a smile of grace and understanding. This is a picture of how God sees us. He loves us. He created us. We are his sons and we are his daughters. When we begin to understand how God sees us, we begin to see life with fresh eyes. Another name for Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And instead of, like Andre was in a hurry to get to someplace else and someone else, God is here right now with us. And he's looking down on us with grace and mercy. In the last couple of weeks, Blake has said that we're to be peacemakers, that we are to be forgiven people who forgive. And now we add that our hope is that we will be a church full of people who look up. Knowing God is looking upon with peace and favor. This is the Christmas story. But... Be here in January to start the year. Group, place your faith in Jesus. Those are some things you can do to to look up. But before that, take a moment tonight. 
actually, you can probably go out about 4.30. Because <laughs> it dark, gets dark early. early. Uh, but look up. The same God of the universe is the same God who knows you. I'll tell you now that this message was a collaboration between Pastor Blake and I. He gave me the outline and I, I filled in some parts. Um, as I was looking at the shepherds in some of my commentaries and stuff, I found a co- uh, uh, in Matthew Henry's commentary, he mentioned a parallel from the shepherds Testament story in Second Kings 7. In that story, the king of Aram had the city of Samaria under The siege lasted a long time and all the food had been used up inside the city. And the people were, had resorted to eating dung and some of the have even resorted to cannibalism. Life was unbearably hard. A group of four lepers who lived just outside the city walls over to the enemy camp. They figured there, but if they didn't do something, they would die of starvation anyway. When they arrived at the enemy camp, all the Armenian stuff was there, but there were no people. God had sent a terror through the camp, and all the Arameans had fled. The four lepers went on a feeding frenzy. Eventually, they came to their senses, remembered the starving people inside the city, and went and told them. One of them said, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, surely some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Can we draw a parallel from the people starving to death inside the city, feeding on dung and death to our modern culture today? Believing in nothing, feeding on philosophical dung and each other? Lepers, and like the shepherds of their day, we are outside, outcasts from our own world. We are outsiders. We don't really fit into our own, own culture. But we have been given the same good news as the shepherds. Will we share the food of heaven, the bread of life, with a sick and hungry and dying world? Luke two seventeen and 18 tells us that these hardworking, smelly social outcasts, what they did as a result of encountering first the angels and then the baby Messiah. In verse 17, it says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had, hap- what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Can we go and do likewise? So here's the recap. Be peacemakers. Be the forgiving forgiven. Look up. And go tell the world, Jesus Christ is born. Um, it was kind of funny. <laughs> Mary and I, you know, we live in the same house, but we don't really talk about what we're doing for, for the, like when we both serve on a weekend. And, and she said, she, she put that song, the very first song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Um, I think her, her music set pretty much preached this message even though she didn't really know what I was going to say. So I think that's cool. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. So, um, So we'll close with prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for leaving heaven. You left the glory of heaven and came down to this dusty, dirty place with with dung and dead bodies, and and you became the bread of life. You became the water of life. 
And Lord, we just thank you. We pray, God, that you would help us to be communicators of the good news, that we could tell our neighbors and our friends, tell the world that Jesus Christ is born. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for having me, and uh, Merry Christmas.